Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Two with the bases loaded and one out. Oh my God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slam. Hello and welcome in everyone to episode 177 of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight it is George and I. We are going to talk bullpens and lineups. Shocker. Uh, that is like, we were just talking about it. Like we can go through a, a traditional, you know, outline, hit on a lot of stuff. Like for instance, Freddy Peralta, we were talking about him a little bit before the game. You know, he's bouncing back. The last two starts have been strong. He uh, Peralta utilized a slider more in the second start. Not as much here in the third start, but still had very, like still had a lot of success, albeit against the Pirates. It's one of those things that like, we could do this, do these breakdowns, but here's the thing. You're going to hear four other podcasts tomorrow talk about that. Um, and not that we're above talking about that. It's just that we understand that every, you want this information, you're going to get it. So we're going to try to bring to you what we talk about the most, what we cover the most, and keep our podcast kind of focused around that in season because it's not something heavily leaned on as a single, as a weekly podcast. So our goal here is to, uh, again, focus on lineup trends, playing time trends, all, pretty much when it comes to lineups, it's not just obviously who's hitting where, it's who's hitting where, why. Um, recent, recent, uh, obviously, like I said, playing time trends, recent production, uh, stuff like that. Just stuff that may, maybe, hey, here, here's a player. Like I have a couple of deep league names to mention as well. Stuff that you can be like if you're in deeper leagues, play fab. I'm rambling at this point, but I'm trying to get an idea, give you an idea of what the what we're going to do here. And then of course, George with the bullpen stuff, because that's what he does for NBC sports edge. So if you don't check out his work, he also posts bonus stuff on the Patreon. Don't forget to check us out on Patreon. $3 a month. will get you access to my daily lineup notes, which all this stuff is. I'm going to give you a few of my tidbits that I've noticed because I'm still doing them every day. So if you like them in spring training, they're exclusive to the Patreon right now. I do. It's like a thousand words a day, pretty much a full article a day on just lineup happenings and recent trends and playing time and production. So Again, you can find that on the patreon.com slash SK playbook and a new month is starting. So maybe for the month of May, come join us. Uh, George, anyway, now that I've done an overly long <laughs> intro and rambling, I guess I should ask you how you're doing, right? That'd be polite. What's up, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, 
you uh you went on just about as long as it took for the Jets to take uh, Garrett Wilson that there. <laughs> I've got the NFL draft here in the background, but I'm not watching that. I honestly don't follow draft. <laughs> I, I every year I say, okay, this is the year I get into fantasy football like as an analyst, and then every year I get farther and farther out of it because I just get so much more drawn into baseball. So yeah, I mean, I don't even try to at, at this point uh, it's, like to analyze football or anything. I, the just, problem, I just enjoy it. Yeah, I try to take it. I think I'm trying to turn it into more of a like a hey i play fantasy football and the thing is though <laughs> is uh i i think being an analyst for baseball just makes you a better player in football because you take the same approach in terms of analyzing data you just aren't putting it out there for people to judge you <laughs> you just kind of take the information <laughs> make you create your own ranks in your head and you kind of just put them and and in the patreon and i'm sorry in the discord which is part of the patreon uh, we talk about fantasy football and stuff when the season comes around, but we aren't you and I, at least I don't, I don't, I can't speak for you. I guess I shouldn't. I just know. I don't, we don't really do dynasty football. Like I know you, I think you have a league, right? One or two leagues dynasty. Yeah. I pretty much only do um, dynasty football. Really? I don't really do too much redraft. Oh, yeah. I, I shouldn't speak for you. Cause obviously I'm wrong. Uh, no, <laughs> I mean, I enjoy playing it. Yeah. That's the format I, I enjoy playing, but yeah, I just enjoy it at, at this point. Uh, yeah, we do. We have the the football talk on the on the Discord and stuff, and that's cool. That's fun. But yeah, I mean, before <laughs> we get any more further off topic, <laughs> yeah, dude, we've been we've been we're three weeks into the season. It feels it feels much longer than that. I think it's because we've just wanted it for so long. We got it, and now we just want to overanalyze everything. That's true. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. But you so? just yeah, we got to remember it's we're only three weeks in. A lot of stuff, you know, still needs to stabilize. Um, so, so you're a lot saying of things are going to change. So it, it's it, like, you know, I try to see what I could take away from a lot of things. And yeah, there are a lot of stuff we could take away from the first three weeks. But you just have to remember that it's still early. So, I mean, yeah, we're going to be here right now talking about the stuff that we can discuss, uh, you know, the lineup changes and um, closers, you know, stuff like that, you know, really you know, does affect values and stuff at this point. And it helps with yeah, fab. No, I'm, I'm ready to get into it. Helps with fab and all that. But uh, mm-hmm. so you're telling me all my like early teams are like between first and third aren't going to be good all year. And then the teams that are bad have a chance of being good. I shouldn't give up hope yet. Come on, man. <laughs> I like overreaction Twitter, man. I hate overreaction Twitter. Yeah. I've been I've been guilty of it. I'm not perfect, but I try to limit it. Um, but all things considered, uh, how are how has the season been treating you so far? I know COVID. I know you've been frustrated. I know our text messages. You've been telling me how frustrated you are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this week, okay. Like you, you, we start the week, and it's like, (laughs) oh, Luis Roberts supposed to be in there on Tuesday. So I'm like, okay. Oh, well, he was not in there, but they said he'd be in there Wednesday. So okay, I'm gonna go ahead and just leave him in the lineup. Tuesday, Brian Reynolds goes on the COVID IL, and you just you have no idea how long they're gonna be out for. So. I sit Brian Reynolds and I start Luis Robert. <laughs> Luis Robert doesn't it doesn't play all week and Brian Reynolds only misses one game. So it's just that all of that on top of just all the external factors that we've had to deal with in, in baseball right now between the humidors and the balls and you know the short spring training affecting people you know affecting players it's just it's it's been crazy it's and we're been, not even uh, sure we're not even sure which players are affected by this short spring training as much as others right, like yeah. we're, we're kind of giving it like as a blanket excuse without knowing who it's truly affecting but you're seeing guys like wheeler who um the velocity came back last 
outing a little bit. This outing today, he actually had a really strong outing, but Wheeler's lost. He still isn't back to full 2021 Wheeler. It's up from where it started. That's why if you look at the last two starts compared to the first two starts, this is the type of stuff I'm watching for early in the season. Pitch mix changes, velocity. I think with pitchers, it means a lot more. I'm watching it with hitters. I'm watching how how well they're making contact, the type of contact. Is there an approach change? Like you have Mercado. Freaking Oscar Mercado leads the league with the most pulled fly balls, just for reference. <laughs> Something I never would have thought that I'd say in the world. He's obviously making a change to, to try to sell out for power. So uh, he, and he's the only person I checked this morning prior to these games. He's the only person with double-digit pulled fly balls. Just to give you an idea of like the legit approach change happening there. But here's something from Max Freeze at free stats on Twitter. Great follow. He's super like into it with the, he, first off, he's a, he's just way smarter than me. He's way, he's just, way, so he understands the numbers and understands how to break down, like what's going on and how to even find that information fast. Nixon Zell tonight had um, a barrel. He hit the ball 103 miles per hour, 31 degrees. It was a 380 foot flyout. So since the Statcast era started, this goes back to your, you know, dead balls and all that we were talking about in 2015, since the Statcast era started, Balls hit at a similar launch angle and and exit velocity at Great America a Ballpark resulted in home runs 83% of the time. And the average distance on these 70 batted ball events was 402 feet. So to give you an idea of that, that, that ball tonight that, that Senzel hit at 103 miles per hour, 31 degrees, went 385 feet. Yeah, that that sure that would have been a home run 83% of the time in that ballpark prior to this year and it would have gone it would have gone further 17 feet longer on average. That's what we're yeah, dealing with we're here. We're seeing a lot of that, man. It now, seems like a, a lot of these I'm watching games and I'm seeing guys, you know, smack the heck out of the ball and they're just flying just out to the warning track. Yeah. But I'm wondering how much of that is a are they going to switch the ball on us or b give give the ball a chance to see what happens when it warms up because I think there's going to be some parks that are affected differently in terms of become power hitting parks with humidors like San Francisco I, I think Eno has mentioned a handful of times San Fran and West Coast teams might get power because the the humidor should have an opposite effect in places that yeah. are really humid so maybe right. we do and see that's... maybe we see like are we going to be able to tell if it's a ball change or if it's the, the humidor having an effect in certain parks. We don't know how that we we don't know how to credit it, like the changes that are going to happen. Not to mention, you've heard pitchers, including Chris Bassett, come out and mention multiple. They're throwing with multiple balls. They don't know what ball they're going to have at any moment, any day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's gonna that's gonna change things for sure. I mean, we were you know offense being down has been you know a big thing um, through the first three weeks of the season, and uh, we're seeing like a lot of. Uh, good pitching performances from maybe some not so good pitchers. Um, we were talking about Dylan Bundy and Chris Paddock, for example, uh, before we started recording. And it's like, you know, are these a couple guys who, you know, when the weather warms up and offense picks up, uh, you know, suddenly revert back to, you know, turn back into pumpkins, um, <laughs> you know, who, <laughs> who can we, uh, who can we really trust right now with just with the environment that, that we're seeing at this point. So, yeah, I mean, things are going to change. That's, for sure. So it's going to be interesting to see how how things play out as uh, as the weather warms, as the season progresses, and uh, if if uh, baseball decides to introduce uh, any more changes to the so. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Uh, which ball do we get, and all that? It's it's frustrating. But um, right, we're going to get into. I promise, if you've made it this far, we're going to get into the content a little more. So, but one thing about Bundy, um, I didn't get. I was at work. I didn't get a chance to look into his recent start. I'm like, all right, I got to check his starts out, his recent his recent outings. What's going on with Bundy? Is he back? Like, is this really happening? So I text, you know, I'm like, hey, let me text Simeon, you know, SP streamer. Let me text him. And I'm like, hey, 
So what's up with Bundy, man? I know you're watching. I know you're able to follow closely. I've been at work. He's like, dude, he's relying on the fastball like as much as ever. And it's like 88 miles per hour. I'm like, that's all I need to hear to know that I'm like, I'm scared. Um, I do know that like Paddock's utilizing a curveball more, I believe, or something like that. So it's like, I haven't done my due diligence on pitching because lineups have my full attention. So I do, you know, I'm I'm as much as a consumer as I am a content provider. I do get around to my pitching content, but I'm usually a little behind on the SPs, mostly because these guys aren't available in the leagues I'm in. So I think a lot of it turns into... How, what helps me the most as well as a player? And I'm like, these players that we're talking about aren't available, at least in Lee's admin. So it's aggravating. But anyway, um, over to lineup stuff. Um, there's a lot of things changing. I just want a couple deep league names. I'll start off with off rip. First one, he, he let off today and he's played two of three over Badu. And I believe both of which have been against righties. Derek Hill um, has played for he's outfielder for the Tigers has played over Badu. Badu has had an awful start to the year. He hasn't really been striking out a whole lot. He just hasn't done much. It's a bad Babbitt block. He's been pulling a lot of fly balls, but maybe that type of approach from a mediocre type of power because he's never been like a, oh my god over the top power guy. I'm just wondering if like maybe he's the like this dead balls reason why he's being really really affected by it in terms of the outcome. Badu, I'm talking about, but Derek Hill. Um, a write-up I did for the athletic entering the year. I'll just read it word for word because it's pretty much like I'm just going off that in terms of my thought process on him. Yeah, and and watching wh- where the playing time goes. But strikeouts are going to be a concern here. Um, but Derek Hill flash tools that should have us all watching his usage of spring training, which obviously he ended up being injured between AAA and the MLB levels. He put up seven home runs and ten stolen bases and just 291 plate appearances. So right there, that shows you the power speed combinations there, and he did it at the pro level. And he also had six triples. So further showing off the speed, not to mention 100. He had 100th percentile sprint speed last year. Derek Hill did. So he had an elite line drive rate as well over the span, 28.9%. So if he can keep, I'm not expecting him to keep that line drive rate, but if he can bring a little bit of pop, a little bit of speed um, and keep the line drives going, even with the strikeout issues, I think that he could be a 250 hitter but give you almost be like what you hope from Badu. <laughs> like, I think, I think we can get Badu out of Derek Hill, honestly, to be, uh, I mean, is, uh, whoever's playing there until, until what's his face gets back, um, Riley Green, until he returns, which could be a, you know, a long out. Uh, he could be out for a while. I think Derek Hill can be that type of guy. And he has me a little excited for deeper mixed leagues. And um, I forgot the other name. I had another name I want to throw out there real quick. I'm sure it'll pop up. Um, there's actually yeah, two more. So would you recommend Derek picking up uh, Derek Hill? Like if you need some, some speed um, just uh, for the short term, like in a 15 team. That's, that's where I'm leaning. Like, I think, I think it's one of those things you pick him up this week, knowing that you can get a little power speed out of him. But the issue is, is that um, like he could be a, he could be a pumpkin. Like he mentioned before, it's just, the, it, it's an early trend. It's just now starting. Derek Hill is only 26 years old. He's hitting 375 on the year, but like we're talking like five plate appearances. So that doesn't really count. Um, he went, what did he do today? Let me see. He went one for five today, not great, one for four. Not great, Bob, but only one strikeout and a walk. So he's hitting 333 on the year in 13 plate appearances. So again, it's almost, it's just too small of a sample. He doesn't have a, he doesn't have a stolen base, doesn't have a home run, but we're talking about. A, a projecting playing time here that's why he's a uh that's why 15 mid team mixed he could probably be a couple dollars this week because he's not going to be a very flashy pickup and i still think badu is going to factor in over the weekend so this would be more of a, a, a speculative like 
literally back in like a backup bid that if you land on him, you might have to sell him for a week to see if he starts getting more playing time, but don't, I would never, I, he's him. And, and that, the other, the guy that's actually not relevant in 15 teamers is Travis Demerite. I think, I, yeah. I think I'm saying that right. He's just, uh, they, they DFA'd um, Alex Dickerson. Eddie Rosario's out. Demerite has started two straight. He has a home run on the year. Today he went one for one for three, it looks like. Uh, he's batting over 300 on the season. Again, another small sample. But a guy that, again, we're talking playing time. This is more of an NL only type of deal. Or if you're very, if you're so desperate in a 15 teamer that, you know, everyone's stashing everybody, there's, you just need playing time. It looks like he's in line to play most days. Travis Demerite is of the Braves. So not flashy, but he can give you, there, there's a little power and a little speed in the profile. I mean, in the minors this year, he stole two bases, hit two home runs prior to coming up and hitting another home run. So, and in 2021, Demerite also had 21 home runs and seven steals. Um, so it's not like there's, there is a flashy skill set there or potential to be one, but I wouldn't bank on it. Cause obviously the minors are not the majors. Um, but I don't know, just a couple of deep league names to keep in mind. I'm, I'm, I don't know. You know me, I get like, I get overly excited about the idea of these guys, but I know realistically 99% of them don't pan out. I'm just hoping one does like, Ooh, this is fun. Like a little, it's almost like I found something it's mine <laughs> and I don't have to share. Cause I can get all these guys. No, you know, these guys are free. I mean, yeah, anybody who's useful right now, it can definitely help just given <laughs> you know what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, I mean, Ugh. we got so many guys like hitting under 200 that we're counting on. So, I mean, anything can can help. So, and I don't know, and it's hard to yeah. figure out who's going to bounce back. It's just hard. And then the one more, the other name, I think this guy deserves more attention. I know he's already been kind of added places, but still kind of available is Yadiel, Yadiel Hernandez from the Nationals. Um, I was kind of, you know, I've been, teetering on like i had him in tgfbi and i dropped him and then of course he was going for he was a strong side platoon but he started against the lefty today so my thing is is, is he playing every day now he's batting 317 341 463 on the year triple slash hernandez is with a home run seven rbi he's not going to be i mean last year he gave us nine and three home runs and stolen bases over 100 uh oh sorry over 289 plate appearances so we know there's again a small amount of uh speed there is power he hit 33 home runs in 2019 but that was in AAA, and that was with the juice ball. So Yadier Hernandez is just a guy that looks like he might be gaining every day at bats instead of just being a platoon bat. And that's a team that has no reason. I mean, he's 34 years old. They have every reason not to play him, but they, they might want to build some trade equity in him because he's going to be a useful, a usable piece for a contender. And they still have to try to compete because they went out and got um, Nelson Cruz with the promise of, hey, we want to compete. When you see this team, it's already a team I'm streaming hitters against and stuff, man. So this is not a team that I expect to compete at all this year. But yeah, those are three names. So Yadi Hernandez, Derek Hill, and Travis Demerite are guys that are either playing, gaining playing time, have gained playing time, or could be gaining playing time. And essentially, with Derek Hill being the one that could be, the other two have gained it, um, just deeper league guys. Uh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only uh, Yadiel, Yadier Hernandez. Yadiel, I, I Yadiel. Yadiel Hernandez. You want to yeah, see Yadier because uh, of Molina. You want to see yeah, Yadier. Yeah. No, he, uh, I, I was watching the uh, Giants and, and Nationals, and uh, he, I remember he took a Logan Webb deep. He went opposite way uh, for a home run uh, off Logan Webb, and it was like Webb's like first home run allowed early September last year, oh, including uh, the playoffs. Another guy, see, this guy was added everywhere last week, and me and, and Zach and I tried getting him the tag team, actually, but we got outbid, was uh, Sheldon Noisy. Yeah. He stole two hit, bases yesterday. He has three stolen bases on the year, has a home run, plays just about every day. Um, Kevin Smith should be returning, so it'll be interesting to see if they play both of them. I Actually, you know what? I knew I forgot to look at something today. 
I wanted to see if Noisy was in because Pinder's back and where Noisy was hitting with Pinder back in the lineup. And um, they're facing a lefty today. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, I went back too far. Wait, what's today's date? Today's Thursday, right? They're off today. I believe that he's wrong. Oh, they're off today? I swear I saw. Oh, it was yesterday. Was it yesterday Pinder was leading off then? I saw Pinder back recently. Uh, it's all it's all meshing into one day. Yeah. So Noisy, yes, Noisy still batted second with Pinder leading off. I want to see how they treated Noisy when Pinder returned because I was I was curious because I know Pinder was kind of hanging out towards the top of the lineup. So we'll see how that happened. That, that was against a lefty, and Pinder usually leads off against lefties with Kemp falling in the lineup. So I still think Noisy. I guess ultimately my get my point is, is Noisy probably is going to stick at the top of the lineup, and he's hitting three hundred four this year, but is with a four ten BABIP. Um, skills don't scream like he has a 62.5% ground ball rate. Yikes. Um, Noisy's more of a, like a, fla- a flash in the pan, so to speak. I'm yeah. looking at him as like a, you can stream him, but expect to cut him. Like the contact rates are encouraging, but he still has plenty of swing and miss in his game above average uh, swing strike rate at 14.3%. So the strikeouts are going to probably rise. Uh, he's getting wildly again, 410 BABIP. He's a career 336 BABIP guy. So he has put up high BABIPs in the past. I just don't with the 60 with an over 60% ground ball rate. That's ridiculous. But a guy that nevertheless, you mentioned he stole two bases the other night and noisy did. So keep him in mind as well. So yeah, I keep I forget that like as I look at lineups, I'm like, oh, another name. Ooh, another name. <laughs> like there's always somebody. And that's why I monitor lineups because I think it's a lot of fun to find these names. And if you ride, if you like I rode Jock Peterson in a 12 teamer during the whole week when he went hot. And then now he was picked up for a lot of fab. He ended up getting hurt, unfortunately. But um, he's been performing, and that's kind of why I'm like I'm just like and Garrett Cooper was my guy this week where he hasn't been great or flashy, but he faced he was coming off a decent end of last week, and he's having a good national team. So maybe I need to. Well, I guess what I need to do is start putting these names out there on Twitter more often. But uh, yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm sure there's other stuff, but uh, let's go over to you with bullpens real quick. Is there? Um, can you tell me about the bit the Twins bullpen, especially after you know Pagan just Pagan. <laughs> yeah uh man that's rough man so you know after they they get rid of they trade uh taylor rogers uh i i had so many shares of jorge alcala and that that didn't work <laughs> out uh he's on the 60 day il yeah you, you're still um, you're still uh mending to those wounds yeah for sure so i i mean so yeah then we see uh J- joan duran pop up and and he's been in, he's been really just electric um you, but is he ready to be a closer I don't know. You, they've got Joe Smith. They got, you know, you mentioned Emilio Pagan, Tyler Duffy. No one has really, I, I mean, uh, you know, right now I would say it's, it's Pagan. Um, but it, it, do I think he's good enough to really be effective and, and hold that job for the whole season? I, I don't think so. I love I mean, the, so I love the confidence or lack thereof in your voice. Like, uh, I yeah. guess like, like, I mean, uh. yeah. I mean, it, it's Emilio Pagan. Um, <laughs> when i mean yeah i i don't know um right now you're you're using him because he <laughs> it, it seems like yeah he is the closer right now um but you know it's just one of those that you just gotta it's i yeah I, i'm just <laughs> hold your nose <laughs> hold your nose and yeah the exactly <laughs> yeah because like yeah i mentioned i remember pagan just blew a save right um or gave at least he had an outing where he gave up a run a home run and i remember that that's well that's the one that stuck in my head uh but anyway um, another oh, another situation I wanted to ask you about. Where was it? Oh, um, I think okay. Obviously, the the Reds. Sims is the guy there now. Yeah. Um, so Sims came back from from the IL and he he got the first save opportunity there with with Cincinnati. I mean, they're man, that 
the Reds are so bad. I don't know how many saves uh, save opportunities they're going to get, but it seems like uh, like they want Sims to to be the guys. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's Sims for now um, while he's healthy. What about? Do you buy that Barlow's the closer in Texas? They said it, but we haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, so they came in. We came into the season, and uh, first it was uh, we, we heard from from Chris Woodward that you know Barlow was going to be used more high leverage, uh, eighth inning kind of thing. Um, and really, they've only had one save, and that one save is, is Matt Bush. The other night, he he got the save, but after the game, yeah, uh, Woodward came out and said that Barlow would is the closer going forward. Uh, he was unavailable that night, but. Yeah, I, I do buy that. I do think that it's going to be Barlow going forward. Um, again, another one where we're just not sure how many save opportunities he's going to get. But yeah, I would. I mean, I would rather have. I think going forward, I might trust Barlow more than Pagan if we're talking for long long term over the course. And okay, so obviously our boy Presley. I say our boy because tag team we have him. Um, he, I guess I'm not sure they, they're not calling it a setback, but they're saying he's just not quite ready. And then we've seen, of course, two save opportunities. And Hector Neris has yet to get an opportunity after he was assumed to be the guy. What well, we've seen, right. Ryan, we've seen Ryan Stenick, and we've seen Rafael Montero, Rafael Montero. today, right? Yeah. Um, so Montero got the save today. Uh, Stenick got the save yesterday. Yeah. Uh, so is it a I matchup mean, it thing? Seems like it might be. Uh, Montero has has pretty much been the most effective in that bullpen so far. Uh, it's a that's another one that's just kind of like kind of head scratching to me as well just because like i was looking into montero I, I wrote him up i put a post um on him the other day he he's really going heavy with the fastball which is just crazy but he's has a 43 percent strikeout rate um so that that's one that's just kind of weird but i mean hey he's effective uh right now and it, it looks like maybe uh dusty is gonna lean towards you know Mo- montero there while presley is out but you know I don't think that they're expecting Presley to be out too much longer. Um, so I'm not sure, you know, um, how much I'm, I'm not sure for how long Montero is going to be useful, but yeah, it's the surprise there is that it's not Neris. Um, so uh, right now I would say Montero is, is the guy. And, uh, but you know, ho- hopefully, hopefully Presley's back soon. I mean, it was, uh, <laughs> you know, fourth, fifth round. <laughs> yeah. It's how, at least it's not an arm or shoulder or an elbow. You know right. what I mean? Like I'm okay. Missing like, okay. Take another week off with, with the knee. That's fine. Just get back. Um, What was I getting at now? The next team here. Okay. The Red Sox started Garrett Whitlock today. I know he makes the most sense because they are lacking true bullpen help, but they seem set on getting him to be a starter in this, in this rotation or at least doing what they're doing with the opener situation or we're piggybacking. My point is, is Barnes has been bad. So has Strom's been whatever. Um, Deakman just blew an opportunity the other day. And I know yeah. everyone, everyone's Hansel talking. Robles blew a save. I'll say Hansel Robles, everyone's talking about him, but I'm like, his stuff doesn't look that great either. He's been getting yeah. by with, with mediocre stuff at best. So yeah, yeah, that, that one, that one's a mess, man. I, I, <laughs> I love how that, it's like, I'm, I'm, purposely, I, I'm not giving you layups because there's so many tough situations. There are. Yeah, no, they're, they're tough situations uh, for sure. And uh, I mean, this just kind of, you know, yeah, th- this one here, the, the Boston situation is just a complete mess, man. I, I honestly don't even know who I, I'm just completely avoiding it. <laughs> I love it. Cause I mean, you're not alone really. Um What's uh, I haven't followed. Maybe you can tell me this. I'm just asking. Now I'm asking you from out of my own curiosity. What's up with uh, the Rockies? Bard hasn't been needed lately. The Phillies have been handling them well. But wasn't there a whole thing where Bard wasn't really pitching? And then you saw a Colin may get a save recently. 
Yeah, it seems like um, it's going to be Bard. They do. Um, Bud Black does want somebody that has you know more uh, strikeout ability in the ninth mm-hmm. inning. So, uh, yeah, we've seen Bard now with five saves. Colome has two. Um, I, I would expect you know it probably to to continue like that. Uh, Bar- with Bar- uh, Bard getting you know seventy five to eighty percent of the save opportunities. So yeah, Bard is the is the guy there right right now, and he's been he's been effective. The Rock. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure how long they're gonna, you know, keep it up, but they've been they've been okay so far to start the season and Bard is. Yeah, I just remember seeing something people were concerned. I guess Bard prior to uh, yeah, he hasn't well, he hasn't pitched since. I guess yeah, they haven't needed him since Saturday. Um, I'm just reading. I just found, pulled up his recent uh, NBC Sports Edge. You know, cheap plug to your site that you write for. I just pulled up. That's where I still go. For, it's like Roto World. I still call it Roto World. It's where I get my uh, news from um a couple hot a uh, couple hot names like I, oh another name to think about if you're in deeper formats is um odubel herrera got got uh he's just got started on the season was a il activation starting off strong not really much else yeah, we know who he is at this point but he's just running hot and keep in mind if you're desperate right now i don't know what's going on with mount castle on his neck um ryan mckenna has been getting every uh, has been starting the last two games with him out a name to keep in mind as well there. Um, Dancy Swanson's coming around a little bit. Had a home run in stolen base tonight as we're talking. Not to mention, I think he has a hit in four of his last five games as well. Still striking out a ton, but at least he's starting to show signs of life. And same thing with some of these young guys like Julio Rodriguez showing signs of life. Uh, mm-hmm. Bobby Witt Jr. is hitting the ball well or better. Yeah, Bobby um, Witt Jr. He had three batted balls today over 100 miles per hour and just a single to show for it. And again, that just <laughs> goes back to our conversation uh, in the beginning. The whole um, Edward Olivares, I guess, is worth the name worth mentioning. Um, I know Kyle Espel Kyle and him could probably platoon maybe. So who knows what's going on there? Uh, Andrew yeah, Vaughn's back. Oh, so go ahead. No, I was just going to say uh, that we're talking about the uh, Kansas City situation with Mondesi getting in. Oh yeah, I forgot uh, about that. <laughs> yeah, torn ACL. So he's out for the year. Yes. Um now it looks like, yeah, like Isbell, they they called him up and he might get the first run, but it would be interesting to see, you know, if that pushes up the timeline for someone like Jay Melendez or Vinny Pascantino. Pascantino's been really solid in the minors too. Because yeah, I, I know I know our boy uh Ryan is rooting for Melendez. But Melendez yeah. is—he even said it like his bat hasn't. Once his bat wakes up, he should be up. But Pascantino is his bat is alive, and he's he's walking more than he's striking out. Last I looked, and everything, he's a guy that should be on your watch list for sure. If you can, and if you can make ads like if you have the space for him, honestly, consider stashing him. Santana hasn't done much this year. No reason why he's holding them back at this point, and they have a DH spot that they can play with now. So there's yeah. just worth mentioning. I, I like those names that you dropped. Um, Cole Calhoun led off for the for the Rangers. Uh, he hasn't done much over the last week. Last I looked, was like under 200 batting average over the last week. Uh, Brad Miller was dropped down in the lineup against a righty. So just something to keep in mind there. Uh, I'm literally looking through the lineups right now and just giving my quick notes that I, that I remember. Obviously, Andrew, yeah. all the White Sox, Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, those guys are playing every day right now because the whole team is broken. <laughs> I don't know what else to say there. It's just it's sad. Uh, you know, somebody who caught my attention, and this is just something. Austin Meadows was a pretty. He was a top prospect for the Pirates. Went to the uh, went to the Rays. Did good things a couple of years. Then he struggled. He's making more contact than ever before. He's not swinging and missing as much. That batter's eye. I haven't. I haven't. I've been meaning to go Google and look for something something about it because he's almost like the prospect pedigree of him being a solid hitter with other tools. It's starting to show like although the power and speed hasn't been there for Meadows yet, 
the hit tool has been amazing and he's being very selective while he's making all this contact. So I like the gains he's making. I almost buy in. I mean, it's early. I'm kind of buying it though. I just want to see the power and speed come with it too, though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't have much exposure to, to Meadows, but I did notice that as well. I think I, I have, I took him in the, I took him in scarf. Um, and I remember making the comment as I was taking him too, because I think I got sniped. I, I wanted, uh, I believe Schwarber, I got sniped on Schwarber. And, uh, so I, I took Meadows and as I took him, I said, well, I'm making this, I'm, I'm taking Meadows here. Basically like, I, I'm just hoping he gets traded <laughs> and, um, yeah, sure enough he does. And, yeah, I mean, I do like the production. I'm hoping the the power does come um, sooner sooner or later, and I, I think it will. Yeah, I'm just I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. It's a I I I think I'm just upset that because I was the reason why I was out on Meadows was because he was in Tampa, where I expected him to platoon. I thought he was gonna be a power bust type of guy, and now to see this guy who's playing every day, hitting very well, I would welcome the batting average right now because most of my like I have a team that's in the middle of the pack hitting like two thirty five. That's how bad yeah. batting average is right now in fantasy. Uh, and it's funny because I'm actually still I'm still a guy who like likes batting average as a stat. I know it's outdated. I enjoy the challenge because I think it is far more challenging to be good at batting average. Yeah. And, it, and it adds an element of uh, of scarcity to the game. Um, I'm just I'm like I said, I'm scanning through for some other obscure names or things that caught my attention lately. But honestly, yeah, I'll it's go been, ahead and touch on uh, a couple of bullpens here. Uh, Danny Jimenez, uh, Danny Jimenez in Oakland has been really good. Uh, he he has stepped in there in place of uh, Lou Trevino, while Trevino has been on the COVID IL for for a while now. Uh, so Danny Jimenez, four saves, uh, no runs allowed yet, over eight innings. Uh, yeah, he's he's been really good. I. I I can definitely see Jimenez being someone that you can hold on to if you picked him up or if he's still available, just because, I mean, he's been really effective. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to get some save opportunities, even when Trevino does come back. And then there's always the possibility that Trevino um, is traded. So I really like what I'm seeing from uh, Danny Jimenez in Oakland. Uh, the Kansas City situation I kind of thought that, you know, after Barlow ran away with it in the second half last year for Kansas City, that he would be the guy, but it's kind of been a co-closer, you know, with, with him and, and Stalmont um, kind of alternating there. Didn't uh, so somebody I would probably... today, I think huh? somebody today just got a save for them. That wasn't either of them. And I was like, what the heck, man? Sorry to interrupt. I just, I noticed I was looking at Taylor, like, stop it. Like I actually yeah. wanted Stalmont. And then the fact that he didn't get the save today or even where the heck is the box score at? I think it might've gotten been a, an extra inning. Game. They might've taken the it was, game. Well, it was extra innings, but they, they pitched the bomb within 10th. So yeah. they had the chance. Uh, st- they actually went seventh. So in the seventh, they went Keller or sorry, Keller pitched seven. Stalmont pitched the eight. Stalmont pitched the eighth. Barlow pitched the ninth, got the win. So Barlow would have been the save guy tonight. Just, just like you mentioned, then, though. So, yeah, you mentioned it. It's going to be kind of a flip-flop situation. It's kind of annoying to deal with. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Liam Hendricks has been uh, unavailable the last couple of days. Um, I'm not sure if he pitched today, but I, I did see that um, I did see that uh, Kendall Graveman, so he he got the two-inning save yesterday with, with Hendricks. So Hendricks has a back issue right now. So, I mean, back issues aren't something that, you know, th- those things can linger. Um so, you know, Hendricks, we've seen he's been someone who's gotten a lot of volume uh, basically since his last year with with Oakland, um, you know, getting up there 33 years old. He's gotten a lot of volume in the last few years. So, um, you know, dealing with back injuries now, that's kind of a red flag. Um, ho- hopefully he does come back and he's 
he's fine. But if, you know, I, I would definitely keep an eye on Kendall Graveman and, and pick him up in, in case there's a, there's a IL stint, you know, down the line for, for Hendricks, uh, Graveman would be the guy there. Uh, yeah. And if anybody hasn't caught on, George and I weren't even honestly thinking about recording. We're like, you know what? We got this. We cover this stuff so much. <laughs> we're, so we're just getting on and literally throwing our thoughts out there. So I, I hope you could, yeah. I hope you guys appreciate it. I mean, it'll be better. Pl- I mean, I didn't even have to say that. I didn't have to tell you guys our little secret of not being prepared, but sometimes it's just getting on here talking baseball is all we want to do. And this is what we're doing. That's why it's like, sorry for being a little all over the place, but the goal is, is to kind of just, you know, give you guys a little extra something. I, did, I yeah. didn't have to tell them. I didn't have to tell them, George. I felt the need to be honest. No, you're. it's all good. It's all good. Give me time to find the next guy. Uh, Jorge Lopez <laughs> in is. Baltimore has been impressive. <laughs> I, I bought time by being honest. Yay. Yeah, no, Jorge Lopez has been impressive. Uh, converted starter um, now in the bullpen with Baltimore, who, I mean, man, Baltimore's pitching has been surprisingly pretty good just across the board between the bullpen and the rotation. But you could say that for um, – for a lot of teams just because the environment um yeah jorge lopez uh converted converted starter he's uh the, the closer now upped his velo now with the shorter stints and he has a 35 percent strikeout rate um the only giving up two runs over his uh, nine innings four saves it looks like he is the guy and if those if this you know these gains hold i wouldn't be surprised i mean baltimore they are who they are. They're not very good, but it, it, I think Lopez could be, you know, a 20 plus save guy um, there with Baltimore. He's, he's the guy he's running away with the job there. So if Jorge Lopez is still there. Yeah. I'm upset. I didn't take advantage of it. He was available in some twelves. I didn't want to pay up in fab for him. I already have two good closers though in those leagues. So I kind of let other people do the, you know, blowing the fad fab deal. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can get there. Something else I noticed with the, with the Mets, um, Tom Smith can't get regular playing time, but he has been outperforming Cano of late. Regardless, J.D. Davis and Luis Guillorme are platooning essentially against lefties of late, especially Davis. So there is no chance of everyday playing time for Dom Smith and and or Cano given the current status of this lineup being healthy. Just Dom Smith is a guy that I get the potentials there, but I don't know how much we should be expecting from him at this point, especially considering the early struggles, which he has since come around a little bit over the last week or so. And then um, just the fact that this team has no real spot for him. Uh, the Mariners caught my attention. JB Crawford, three home runs on the year. He's changed his approach a little bit, not enough to buy in fully to the power. He is barreling the ball more, but not a, still not at a great rate. He, uh, he does. Uh, Crawford has been pulling the ball and elevating the ball more, which you know turns into home runs. Makes sense, but not enough to buy into the the home run rate we're seeing. So he is batting fifth, so that changes the profile from where he's batting in the bottom of the lineup. He could overtake leadoff again, but he's been very successful batting fifth. I could see him running, riding it out there, and I don't know what to do with Kelnick. Like I have him in one league and I'm benching him. I don't, I think he's worthy of a stash. It's essentially you're stashing him by benching him. I just, when Kyle Lewis returns and Hanager returns, Kalnick might be on his way back down to the minors because J-Rod's out playing him. He is. Yeah, he is. Nice to see J-Rod coming around, but coming yeah, to life. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's nice. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it's been three weeks. It's these, you know, these young players is their first three weeks in the majors and like you know mentioned Bobby Witt hitting the ball well today and J-Rod is coming around the good thing is man it did is he up to what seven steals dude uh, yeah he's running wild yeah but they yeah, all it are seems the, like the Mariners are running the, like, even Kelnick has three yeah 
Yeah, so that's nice to see. And Kalnick is on base. He only has a 217 OBP. He has three stolen bases. He's gone on base like three times. And he stole every time. The guy, it's ridiculous. Uh, 40% strikeout rate at the major league level right now for Kalnick. Um, I don't understand. He's supposed, he was supposed to be a can't-miss prospect. He only has a 35% ground ball rate. That is, like, ideal. The problem is, is it's all fly balls, and he's not even pulling them all. It's like he's hitting, he's hitting, a, ton, he's hitting a lot of his balls in general to center field. So if you're not hitting – if you're not hitting line drives, that's going to hurt your bad already. Um, not not pulling them, it's going to really hurt you. Now, a 36.2% O swing and a 16.1% swinging strike rate for Kalnick. For reference, 31.3% O swing is league average. So he's already about, he's already 5% above league average there. And he's about five, uh, a little like about four and a half percent above league average on swinging strike rate. That's bad. And that comes with below rate, with below average contact rates across the board, which is to be expected. If you're missing that much, your contact rate's not going to be great. So, and these are all down from last year. So I think he's just getting off to a slow start again. I don't think Kelnick's is bad. I'm not even a Kelnick truther. That's Eric Cross's territory. I'll let him have it. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, he's not this bad. He's just not. He's not, right? Like, I, I, I can't believe he's I, this bad. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. You you don't get, uh, he, he turned, he was one of the guys that turned down the long-term deal and everything last year. And now they're looking like geniuses or they're not them. They're not looking like geniuses. He's looking like he's looking dumb. They're looking like they got away with one, you know, like, Oh, I'm glad he didn't sign. Oh, it's, it's, it's upsetting. I always root for the prospects. They're always so much fun, but it's frustrating because I don't know he's broken and I broken and I don't get it. Like what's going on there. Is it almost like Mackenzie Gore where he just kind of has the yips. Maybe he has to figure it out. Might take him a little longer than expected because Mackenzie, you want to talk about a, a prospect that was former top prospect. That's showing to be elite right now. It's Mackenzie Gore. He looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's he, looking good. Uh, looks, Reed Detmers had a good outing today. Um, uh, Nick Lodolo. I mean, unfortunately he just went on the, on the injured list, but I mean, the young pitchers are looking pretty good. Oh, and one last thing. This is a, it's a minor one. The Braves just watch out for um, um, Ozzy Albies. Not like you have to watch out, like, oh, you're like, oh, he's not gonna be good anymore or nothing. He's just it looks like he's gonna be batting fifth majority of the time. Like today against a lefty that he crushes, they pushed him to fifth. They, they this is the first time he's batted below like second against a lefty this year. And that's because uh, that's with Acuna back. Acuna's gonna lead off. Um, Olsen and Riley and Azuna have been really good in the middle there. So instead, and and because Olsen's a lefty, it's almost like righty lefty, righty righty switch. So it almost makes sense because he could be he could be that lefty right there in the middle of the lineup. So it, you just might have to change your expectations. A few less plate appearances. So if you're expecting him, if you're expecting Albies to compile, maybe a few less compilation stats, but you're going to have more RBI opportunities, less runs. He'll still run plenty from the five spot. I'm not concerned about the stolen bases. Just a, like, again, a little change in focus. If he's going to be leading off less slash bang second less, you're just going to get more RBIs, less runs, just a change in what you should, like I said, expect, expect moving forward. Uh, I think that's everything. I mean, I'm sure there's more, but. That's going to do it. Unless you have more bullpen stuff. No, I think that's going to go. All right, we're good. All right, cool. <laughs> so impromptu podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Five-star rating review on your way out is greatly appreciated. Not even the review. Just hit the five stars and throw us a bone. No, um, don't forget, check us out on Patreon where we post a bunch of exclusive stuff um, daily. I got some stuff to finish up tonight, actually, once we're done recording. So uh, patreon.com slash skplaybook. Uh, we have a Discord and everything. For as little as $3 a month, you can get in on all of that. Other than that, um, yeah, the usual articles, podcasts, and more. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Episode 177 is in the books, and we'll talk to you soon.